Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast. And it is 2023, and Len Martez, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are NFC South division champions the first time in the team's history that they've won back-to-back division titles. We will talk about the win over the Carolina Panthers. We will talk about about what the Bucks' strategy should be going into a basically meaningless season finale against the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. And we will begin to look ahead to what a wild card weekend game at Raymond James Stadium might look like. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this dynamic duo. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the man who is a division champion every year in the gym when he's clanging and banging. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He is Len Martez. What's up, man? Man, them division titles get harder and harder every year, baby. Leaving <laughs> <laughs> ah! a whole lot more WD-40 to uh, get through the workouts these days. But I'm so clanging it, man. All right, Len. The Bucks. they beat the Panthers. Had one of the best offensive performances of the year. They are division champions. We know they will host a playoff game on Wild Card Weekend at Raymond James Stadium. That performance last week didn't start off great. Panthers went right down the field. Sam Darnold looked like he was that top draft pick that the New York Jets took him as a few years ago. Honestly, even with the turnovers, one of the best games I'd ever seen Sam Darnold play. But in the first game, Things started to go downhill when Mike Evans dropped what would have been a sure deep touchdown pass from Tom Brady. This time, they connect on one, and it seemed to turn the tide. And he caught two more of those. And that was really the key to victory. That and some timely turnovers were the keys to victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What was What's your take overall on the performance? And does how they performed in that game give you any more confidence than you did have before last week in their playoff chances. Yeah. You're playing the result. A couple of things. One is it wasn't one of the best offensive performances of the year. And even if it was, so what? They scored 30 points twice all, all season long. Teams average, teams average the amount of points that they've scored as far as a 21 and over. You know how many times they've done that this year? 21 points and over? Not a whole lot. I'm just why wasn't it if it why wasn't it one of their best offensive performances of the year? I'm, okay, even if it was, it's relatively speaking. <laughs> it's relatively speaking. Uh, obviously, well, obviously. Yeah, but you're bragging about it. it was one of their best offensive performances. We bash them when they're bad. We got to praise them when they're good. They weren't we... good. They had this rush for 67 yards. They they averaged 2.2 yards per carry. They were losing 14 to nothing. They had to score 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win the football game. You realize they they were down double digits again? Yes. Okay, they were down double digits again in the fourth quarter against a bad football team. They did it against Carolina. They did it against Arizona. 
Back-to-back weeks, they had to overcome fourth-quarter deficits, double-digit fourth-quarter deficits. But you want to paint this rosy picture. I mean – I think they looked a lot better against Carolina than they did against Arizona. I think it's unfair to compare the two games. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) You got to listen to what you're saying. One of the best offensive performances of the year. And I'm telling you, only because, relatively speaking, okay, because the only other time they scored 30 points or more was when a game they got blown out by Kansas City. And people were going, they only lost 41 to 31. They got blown out in that game. That game was decided in the second quarter. That's number one. Number two is the fact that, again, I'll say it again. They were four for 15 on third down. Is that a good offensive performance? Eh, No. They rushed for 67 yards. And that was 2.2 yards per carry. Is that a good offensive performance? Eh, No. They were down by double digits in the fourth quarter. And they needed 21 points in the fourth quarter to win that football game on Sunday. Is that a good offensive performance? Eh, no, because overall, it wasn't a good offensive performance. It was a typical Bucks of 2022-2023 now. And that is fourth quarter. All of a sudden, we're going to play like the team that we played like the, the last two years with Tom Brady at the helm. That's the only thing that they've done all season long is when they're down in the fourth quarter, there's 12 minutes left in the game. All of a sudden, this was a little different in, ter- in terms of in terms of explosive plays. We haven't seen that number of explosive plays say that all then. season. You okay. watch your words, man. Watch your but, words. I mean, it was a good offensive performance because they no, had explosive plays. It wasn't. No. If you're gonna so, tell me, so do you feel? Tell me if you're gonna tell me if you're going to tell me they were bright sides, there were good things in that game. That's fine. Don't tell me. Speaking in terms of overall, it was a good offensive performance. Because I just told you. Facts. See, that's the difference between me and you. You you just spit out stuff, man. And and, and, I, I, and I give you opinions based on Some, you don't... hitting facts. Listen, when you're having the success in the pa- in the passing game, like to me, you don't, don't have to. To me, me you don't, don't have to rush for five yards. Football, good no, 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 no. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you that they ran the football well, but I don't think you have to run the football well for again. Don't tell, me they, don't tell me they performance. Don't tell me they couldn't. I didn't. Don't tell me that they passed it well. That's why the running game suffered. And I did. I didn't say that. You you were even telling me that the passing game was going so well. That's the reason why the, the running no, game. No, 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 no. I'm telling you that the passing game was was working so well that it didn't matter that they had a crappy running game. That's okay. what I was telling you. You know why it didn't matter? Because of the final result. That's the only reason why. Because you know when it's gonna matter when you're not playing teams that are six and ten. That's when it's gonna matter. Or when you're playing on Christmas night in Arizona and you're playing a third-string quarterback and you got to recover in the fourth quarter by double digits again and you got to win that football game. When you're not playing those type of teams, it's going to matter. One and done, man. One and done. So you are no you are no more optimistic about this team's playoff chances than you. Are you less optimistic? about this team's chances than you were before that game against Carolina? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Here's the one thing I here's the one thing I'll give him credit for on Sunday. Because everything else is the same. 
I mean, I don't know. What, 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 what games are you watching? Because it's, all the games are the same. Two of the biggest things we've criticized recently are the lack of targets and the lack of production for Mike Evans and the team's... No, you criticized and, no, no, that. You yes, criticized that. You've criticized their ability to get turnovers and get pressure on the quarterback. They did both of those things well on Sunday. Okay, fine. You know what they didn't do? I, oh man, I don't know. What, what, game you, what game did you watch, man? I'll give them credit for this. They stopped the run on Sunday. Okay? I'll give them credit for that. And I'll even give you some credit because they may have sold out to stop Sam Donald. That's fine. All right? But let's you want to talk about Sam Donald's performance? Dude, that dude showed you exactly why he is what he is. And that is a bottom-tier quarterback in the NFL. 20 or lower, okay? Is he a starter in the league? Y'all can argue that till, till the cows go home. I don't care. It doesn't matter. What I do know is what he is. He may start in this league, but he ain't doing anything with my team as far as taking him to the playoffs and doing anything else. I don't care who coaches him. Oh, it's a coach's responsibility to get the best out of his players. Trust me, I'm the first person to tell you that, but I'm also here to tell you that players play, coaches coach. And what I see from that player, Sam Donald, is the same stuff. The same issues he had in New York and the same issues he had in Carolina and the reasons why he lost his job in Carolina and lost his job in New York. And that is ball security and holding on to the ball too damn long. And you saw it on Sunday against the Bucs when they got to him. And again, I'll give the Bucs credit for stopping the run because I'm not going to sit here and tell you, dude, why didn't you sell out to stop the run? You're playing McSorley. You're playing Brissett. You're playing Brock Purdy. You're going to tell me those guys are a threat to pass it on you? Sell out to stop the run. They did that on Sunday, okay? And Donald had some success. But they also changed the game, too. And they put pressure on him. And you know when that pressure came on him? He showed you who he is. Again, bottom-tier quarterback in the NFL. But you want to brag about his performance? That's fine. There was a number. I was just saying it was one of the best. I was just saying it was one of the best times I've seen him play. You keep you 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 you. And that yes, again, that's relative. You keep sucking up. You keep sucking up to the local people in Carolina as much as you want. Bottom line is this. Goodness gracious, I said it was the best I'd seen Sam Darnold play. I'm not praising it's, it's still not. It's still not even that because he had a little – he had a three-game run when he first got to Carolina. Well, again, they were blowing kisses to him because he was 3-0 and he had five rushing touchdowns leading the NFL. And as soon as McCaffrey went out, it was like, oh, you mean I got to But he wasn't the passing now? the ball like that. That's that's what I was – I just said, I oh, I got to throw the ball now? Yeah, you got to throw it. Now you got to make play, Sam. Especially here to bear your behind out. But besides that, again, as far as the Bucs are concerned, the performance is the same. Like, I mean, come on, man. I just don't like they, they did so many things Wash, better. Rinse they, repeat. They stopped the run. Wash, they forced turnovers. Rinse, they got pressure on the quarterback. Repeat. They had explosive plays. They got their best player on the offensive side of the ball involved. Like, I, I just don't see how you and can I, say that it's the same performance. I just told you. They went 4 for 15 on third down. They have it's 2 for Okay, yes, so some things were di- some things well, were the same, the same, but they were all then. I gave you it's five things that were different. Five things that were different. Okay, and I'm giving you five more that are the same, okay? Including red zone failures again. 
still. Come on, man. How much how much should the starters play on Sunday in Atlanta? It doesn't matter. I mean, if, if you if you wanna no. if you want if So you, you don't think do, it matters if, at all? No. If you want to do okay. what your quarterback, if you want to do what your quarterback wants to do and he wants to take some snaps and he wants to go out there and, and, and they want to get some rhythm, fine. Play he plays he plays a series. You treat it like you treat it like the third preseason game. Do you well, think I mean, it's the, do you think what, it's important what, what for what used tracks to be the third, to get... what used to be the third preseason game and, and you let him and you let him go out there and, and again play a series, play a quarter. You're not gonna play him very long. His left tackle's not playing. His right tackle's still a little banged up, although he fully participated in practice on Friday. Still, you got a banged up offensive line. Why why are you gonna play him any more than than that amount? Do you think it's important to get Kyle Trask playing time in a no. regular season game? Man, you no. got bigger problems on this football team than to worry about okay. who the future of the quarterback is on this team. Okay. If if you're the Bucks, let's start to well, look ahead. Well, let me ask you. Do you think it's a big deal that Trask plays on, on, on Sunday? I don't think it's a big deal, but I think that he should. I don't okay. see I don't really see the be- I don't really see the benefit in the in the starters playing. And if you're there's less of a benefit in playing Blaine Gabbert than there is Kyle Trask. Like, like get try- Kyle Trask out there and see some see something in 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 a regular season game. I don't That's- read much. I don't read much into Todd Bowles saying Blaine's my number two and Kyle's my number three. I mean, people might say in terms of well, maybe that's the order they're, they're going to play on on Sunday. It doesn't matter. It, I mean, if they play in that order, great. If they if he said he comes out and says that to me, it's it's almost like massaging Blaine Gabbert because he's your number two on your depth chart, and you just want to make that clear. All that to me, that is it. Look, ultimately, in the end, there there's a, there is that question that that is over that Avon Health Training Center when it comes to the quarterback position. What's the future? That's an obvious question. And yeah, if you want, if, if you want to tell me they have to find out if Kyle Trask is the answer, okay, you could you could get him some playing time on Sunday. But what are you going to be answering on Sunday? You're not going to get a whole lot of answers on Sunday, okay? You're not going to get a whole lot of answers on Sunday because you can go up and down and look at a bunch of teams. All right, hell, as it is, they're playing a a, a team that's playing Desmond Ritter at quarterback, mm-hmm. who's making his fourth career start in the NFL yet he has zero interceptions and zero touchdowns okay so in four games or in three games four coming up on Sunday what has he shown you he might have shown you a few a few of the intangible things when it comes to being a quarterback all right but has he shown you enough to say oh we got our answer at quarterback hell no he hasn't given Atlanta Falcons reasons to say He's their answer quarterback, which is the same thing I'm telling you when it comes to Kyle Trask. Trask can play on Sunday, dude, but he's not going to tell you, okay? You're not going to get the answer in regards to whether or not he's a quarterback yet in this league. I agree with you. I agree with you. I just think that I, you haven't had an opportunity to play him in a regular season game. So I think if you say, should. look, if you say, if you say, hey, he's got to start somewhere in regards to playing time's concerned yeah. and you want to do it on Sunday. Great. That's fine. But stop with the, and I don't mean you, but I mean people in general. Stop with the, well, we need to find out if he can play or not. Oh, okay. But it's not like he's going in week eight and the starting quarterback before him got hurt and he's got games lined up where he's going to play week after week after week. 
Because that's the only way you're going to find out whether the guy can play in this league or not. I just mentioned to you, you got a guy who played three straight games in Atlanta. And they don't have their answer yet. All right? Look at Tennessee. Look at Malik Wills. All right? He's not even starting there in Tennessee. It's an important game. Okay. But their season on the back line. Back to back. Josh Dobbs is starting, right? Yep. Okay? That's before the fact that they played Malik Wills. All right? They don't know whether or not Malik Wills is a starter quarterback in the league. But you know what they do know? He's not ready right now. So they move to another guy who's been what? Sitting on benches as a, a and not even a, as a starting dress or a dressed backup quarterback, a third string quarterback. Did Todd Bowles save his job? Is his job secure after winning the division or is it still up in the air? You mentioned a losing record that could still happen if they lose to Atlanta on Sunday, even though the game is meaningless. I've mentioned that I think that I think if they don't get blown out in a playoff game, it's safe. But I even kind of lean towards it's probably safe because of the because they won the division. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could, I could agree with that. I mean, it, it, do you want to make do, do you want to make an argument? And I'm not saying you, but does someone make an, want to make an argument in regards to firing him because of how this team's looked? Throughout the season, I'm not even going to say parts of the season. I'm going to say throughout. I mean, look, Todd Bowles is a lifer in the NFL, right? This is his second head coaching job. But prior to that, he's been on multiple teams running defenses, right? running secondaries, doing all different things in this league. To me, you got to know by now. I just talked about the quarterback position, Right? And guys getting three and four starts in the league and teams still not know whether or not he's the guy for the future. Well, we know what we know about a guy that's been in the NFL a long time and had a second head coaching job. Whether or not he's a head coach in this league. There's only so many chances you're going to get, dude. There's only so many chances. And look, you ask whether or not he should be let go after this year. Here's the reality. If and when he is, or I should say if, because it's going to happen. I'm not saying this year, but there'll be a time, you know, you're hired to get fired. That's the reality. But if it happens and when it happens, he may not get another head coaching job in this league. That's the reality. Okay. Unless something drastically changes with his time here in Tampa Bay, where the ineptness of this team throughout this year gets washed away with some impressive run. I'm talking about multiple seasons, right? Not to say it has, it can't happen. It can happen in regards to a head coach who all of a sudden is having his issues his first year as that head coach. And then all of a sudden it turns around two years in a row, three years in a row, double digit wins. I've seen it happen. But if it doesn't happen and he is let go, the reality is he's not going to get another head coaching job. That's, again, it's an opinion, but it's an opinion based on facts. I can't, I can't think of a coach who's been fired from two different jobs that's gotten a third chance. I've seen, seen guys coached multiple different teams, but I can't think of a guy that's been fired twice. 
and got a third chance. So I would agree with you on that. I'll say this. If the Miami Dolphins are dumb enough to fire Mike McDaniel, I don't care what the Bucks are doing. They should fire Todd Bowles and hire Mike McDaniel in that same day. It's, it's, it's an unlikely scenario, but I'll just say that. Yeah, but two things. One is, before anyone, you know, sits there and listens to the podcast and says, oh, I know coaches who've coached three teams. That's not your point. Your mm-hmm. point is not leaving on your own terms and going to yeah. coach another team. Okay? So let's make that clear because there have been coaches who've coached three teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just coaches that have been fired twice. You're talking about yeah. being fired twice and finding another job at a third team. And you know what? I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think of one and I can't think of one. Again, clearly, we're talking about coaches getting fired twice and all of a sudden finding a third job, being hired by a third NFL team. All right. That's number one. Number two, the situation in Miami is unique, man. It's unique and I won't waste a lot of time on it because I really don't want to waste a lot of time yeah. on it because it's the Dolphins. Um the reality is they got a unique situation with a quarterback who you know, was playing like people talking about a, a Pro Bowl type season, which you can say he was having that. All right. And he's got his issues, health issues, and, and God bless him. You wish him the best and, and hope whatever he does, whether he plays this year or plays next year or never takes another snap. I'm not saying he's not going to. But whatever happens to him, you hope that he is – Okay, 100%. And I'm not talking about with his helmet on. I'm talking about with his life. Okay, mm-hmm. 100% with his life. That's number one. Number two is it's a unique situation because Stephen Watts has, he has admiration for multiple people who call themselves former head coaches or head coaches of college teams. All right. He's got admiration for at least two guys that he's been licking his lips for and wanting them to be his head coach. And I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh and I'm talking about Sean Payton. And people can say, oh, Jim Harbaugh's not available and he's pretty much said the reports are that he's going to stay with, and, and Ann Arbor is going to stay with Michigan. And that's fine. <laughs> to that, to that bridge truck. Comes, you never comes. know what the future <laughs> yeah. holds. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Speaking, speaking, uh, like a man who's 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 in Carolina, where the where the owner of the Panthers is also offering that same type of Brinks truck. Okay. That's number one when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. I'm not predicting he's leaving, but stranger things have happened. All right. Especially overnight. <laughs> and again, especially when <laughs> you hear that. That's a daggone Brinks truck backing up to the house. And the missus says, oh, we can move to Miami. Well, she says, oh, I hear Matthews, North Carolina is pretty nice this time of year too. Okay. <laughs> so there's, there's a couple of spots that uh, Mrs. Harbaugh could fall in love with, with that with the large amount of money, like 20 million a year. Number two, and the other guy that Miami and Stephen Ross has licked his lips about is Sean Payton. Who? Hey, he sat out this year, right? Everybody's always going to sit out a year. Well, that year's up, right? And I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm willing to bet a whole lot if someone's willing to take it. That in 2023, Sean Payton's going to be on someone's sidelines, all right? And that's the reason why Mike McDaniel needs to worry because he didn't have to worry when they were eight and three. 
And everybody was saying what great job he was doing, getting the most out of his healthy quarterback. The issue is now. Okay, that's what happens. All right. When you let people inside your house and they look around and go, man, you got holes in the wall, man. What's going on? You got six straight games. <laughs> What's going on? All right. Well, that's the problem. All right. When, when pe- people are outside the house and you're eight and three and the grass is cut. Oh, man. Things are gravy. Sprinkle system's working. Everything's cool. Barbecue, baby. Come on. Let's go. Eight and three Miami Dolphins. Shoot. We might be the best team in the AFC. That was the conversation, okay? When they were in three, that you was the said they were the third best team in the AFC behind that, Buffalo and Kansas City. That was the conversation, all right. And then everything changed when their quarterback started getting hurt, and that's why Mike McDaniel's has a Mike McDaniel has allowed. And I'm, I'm not saying willingly, but he has allowed some of that pressure to come on him, all right. And you got two of those coaches that are available that. Stephen Ross is like he, you know, he's he's looking for that prom date, man. Should Bucks fans want to play Dallas or Philadelphia on Wild Card Weekend? Because it's going to be <laughs> one of those two teams. Are we talking the twenty twenty two Cowboys and the twenty twenty two Eagles? Yep. Oh. <laughs> Why is it so funny? Neither the matchup is any good. <laughs> you go from you go from winning the NFC South, where the second best team is probably going to finish no better than six and eleven or or, or seven and ten, and you want to ask me about playing one of the two uh, teams in the a- NFC East, arguably the best division in football. <laughs> We gotta better go back to the to the podcast where you mentioned they could be playing the Giants. Oh, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I remember those conversations. <laughs> yeah, that was before that was before that San Francisco game when I said seeding was still on the line. Now yeah. we go into the last week of the season and San Francisco has a shot at the one seed. And here's another thing too. I mean, they're not world beaters. Trust me when I tell you this. I mean, because Offensively, you never know where a drive's going to take them, but all of a sudden they find a 20-yard run by Daniel Jones and a 15-yard run by Saquon Barkley, and Isaiah Hodges is beating, you know, your number one corner down the field. Before you know it, they strung together an 80-yard drive and score a touchdown. But I don't know that anybody wants to play the Giants either. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know who teams want to and don't want to play in the NFC. Oh, the uh, NFC oh yeah, no, no, so, no, no, no. I can, I can tell you. Listen. Do they not want to play that, quote-unquote, bad man in Green Bay? Or, nah, are they really nah, that dangerous? I mean, I've been a bigger Aaron Rodgers fan previous years. But, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I'm not – no. No. Okay. I th- I thought that's where you were no, gonna go days, with it. No, those days those those days are gone. Is it fe- just say fearing, is it just San Fran that fearing teams him, don't want to play? Fearing him, fearing Aaron Rodgers and going to Lambeau to win a football game, those days are over, dude. The back back to back years, teams have gone in there and beaten up. Yeah. San Francisco did it last year and they what what they gave one touchdown and that was the only that was only the only touchdown they gave up on the whole fourth quarters. All right. Opening drive, I believe it was, in Sam uh in Lambeau against the Niners. And then they didn't score another touchdown. So those days of, oh, we can't play Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. The days are over. That's number one. I'm talking about a team 
that other teams in the NFC would want to play. <laughs> if you walked in locker rooms and just were able to whisper, just whisper, who would you want to play in the NFC? Is it the Bucks? No. I'm not, I'm nope. I'm not even going with the Bucks. Oh, I did. You're going with another uh, another team that has ships involved in, in their in their mascot and their name. The team that plays up in up in Min- Minneapolis. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because I'm gonna tell you right now. All right. Whether it was the way Dallas ran through them in Minnesota, okay, or the way even Indianapolis ran through them that Saturday game. And it took the biggest comeback in NFL history for them to win that football game in overtime. And it, cooked, and it took them that long field goal by Joseph. And in addition to that, the team that I mentioned may play them in the first round. The Giants, they went into Minnesota. All right? And it took another 60-plus yard field goal by Joseph to beat the Giants. All that said, someone might say, what are you talking about? Why, why would you want to play Minnesota? Wow. Have you watched the games that they've actually won? Forget the ones they've lost. The games that they've won. The games that they've won, all right, they were either down or it was a matter of a one-score game. The whole game, no matter who they play, every game is close. They've got a negative point differential. They got a negative point differential, dude. All right? Not to mention the fact that all that I just said, and they can't stop running water defensively. Tell me, tell me, at what level should you fear them defensively? It ain't the pass rush. It, it ain't the linebackers. And it ain't the secondary. God bless Patrick Peterson, uh, who I happened to meet at the basketball one year, celebrity program, one of the nicest guys you can meet. But his days, are, you know, been by him, all right? He may be the number one cornerback, but he's he's okay, all right? He's okay. And look, for all their weapons offensively, Cook, Jefferson's a beast. And you can question how good Cousins is. Their offensive line is also banged up, mm-hmm. all right? They're banged up on the tackles. They're in shambles, dude. So that's the team I'd want to play. Feel the Bucks? You want no parts of the Eagles or Cowboys, dude. I, 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 that's, who I'll, that's who you're going to play, though. Okay, no, you're right. I, 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 I'll say this. I, I, I'll tell you this. Based off of what they did against the Eagles last year, that's not the same team. And that quarterback's not the same. He's also been hurt. Still not the same. They're not the same team. Their weapons outside are more explosive. Yes. Their running game is better. Their running game is one of the best in the league. And I, and I understand it's certainly helped by Hurts. But they're not the same team. The one thing I will say is, I'll add this. I mentioned quarterbacks. When it comes to Dallas, if I was a Cowboys fan, that's the one thing that I would be a little bit leery about. And that's my starting quarterback. What does he want for you? What does he want for you? 
not a thing, and he's had quite a few chances. Lynn, let's close with this. Um, I think I can speak for both of us when we say that we are continuing to pray and our thoughts are with DeMar Hamlin. After that scary incident on Monday Night Football, he has made uh, miraculous progress. The latest reports today as we record this on Friday that he was FaceTiming with different teammates and FaceTiming with the entire team. He is no longer on a ventilator. Uh, just miraculous progress from what happened on Monday night and one of the scariest incidents that I can ever remember watching football. And the entire world was talking about it. And this is coming from a guy who works in a sport who is kind of desensitized to those moments where you don't know if someone is okay. Speaking of NASCAR, where we've seen numerous crashes in the past where you don't know if a guy is okay, but you just don't see that in football. And it was, it was scary. And thank the good Lord above that DeMar Hamlin has made the progress that he, that he has made and looks like he is going to recover from an incident where we didn't know if he was going to make it. I want to ask you this now that the NFL has, officially canceled the game and they have made their plan for what is going on in terms of playoff seating and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people are criticizing the NFL for this supposed um, neutral site AFC championship game. A lot of people are criticizing the NFL for the possibility that Cincinnati and Baltimore, if they were to play each other on wildcard weekend, the site would possibly be decided by a coin flip. I'll just say this, like we were hoping that the NFL was going to do the right thing and cancel that game on Monday night. They did that. This is an unprecedented situation. And I think that going this route, as opposed to making it like no buys and adding an eighth playoff team, the NFL was in an impossible situation as far as this playoff seating went. We can say what we want about how things transpired and were they or won't, weren't they going to cancel that game on Monday night. But in terms of just this playoff scenario, they were in an impossible situation and it was going to be impossible to make it completely fair and every fan base be happy about what they decided. Two things. One is... You know, a lot's been said as, as far as Hamlin's concerned. And, and as you mentioned, you know, God bless him. And all I could hope for is a speedy recovery back to him being, as I mentioned earlier, when it came to Tua, him getting back to 100% of him, of him, not as a football player, but of him. So his family can have their friend, their brother, their son, their husband, whomever it is. Let them have that man the way he was before Monday night. That's number one. The second thing is, a lot was said on Monday and even on Tuesday after what happened. And I got to give a lot of credit to a lot of people. And I don't want to name the names, but there were a lot of people that said some profound things and a very quick, quick moving situation. I mean, there were people that, that handled themselves. I don't even know how I would have been able to handle the situation and, and, and the things that they said in regards to it. And 
the I'll go ahead and give credit to Booger McFarland and Ryan Clark. I think those are two that they really deserve it. There were definitely two guys that came to mind when 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 I just said that. RC never talked to him. Watch him on ESPN. Um, he gained a lot of respect for me based off how he handled himself on Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. But it was genuine in regards to the, the comments by the people, too. And that's the thing that we need to remember, too, is the fact that, you know, as much as athletes are who they are from a professional standpoint and a physical attribute standpoint, man, we don't give these guys the credit for, again, for saying what they're saying in the situations that they were in on Monday night. All right. I'm talking about split second. Minutes. Live TV. You got to go out there and you've got to say something that makes sense. And that brings some type of comfort in regards to the situation. But credit to those people that did it. As far as handling things past this, Let's remember something, man. We just went through a pandemic and a COVID situation. The Lightning won a Stanley Cup, neutral site. The Lakers won an NBA title, neutral site. You want to play one AFC championship game in a neutral site? Do it, man. Do it. Because nobody's running around here in Tampa Bay or anywhere else in the NHL talking about how the Lightning won one of their titles in a neutral site. It gives a rat's behind. Okay? They won a Stanley Cup. And as, as much as I may not like the Lakers, you know what they did in Orlando? They won an NBA title by the rules of the game at that time. So again, you want to make it a neutral site for the AFC title game? Do it. It's one game. One game. Next week, we will be talking about the 14 teams that have a chance to get to the NFC and AFC Championship, and we'll know who the Buccaneers will host on Wild Card Weekend, whether that be the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles. Until next week, you can follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation, and check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Until Wild Card Weekend, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.